And so we're going to talk tonight on this, on this thought about bearing, bearing the load. Everybody say bearing the load. Bearing the load. We're going to bear the load. Uh, so look with me, if you will. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Let me get over there myself. Galatians chapter 6. Look at verse number 1. The Bible says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in, a, in, a tr- in any trespass, everybody say any. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. Let me stop right here and preach to you just a little bit. Sometimes we rate sin. Your sin may be up here. My sin may be down here. Everybody understand what I'm talking about? We rate sin. If, if it's on a scale of 0 to 10, sometimes we'll rate that sin. Oh, that's a big and that's a 10. But how many knows the sin of number 1 will keep you out of heaven as same as the sin of number 10? Sin, sin, right? So... Uh, understand that the scripture here says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any, in any trespass, you who are spiritual, you who are spiritual, it didn't say you who are gossipers. This is not, my, this is not in my notes. I just, just felt led to share that with you. It didn't say that you who are Facebook pros. didn't say any of that, but you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, that he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Each one shall bear... His own loan. Now we we already know this, but life, j- just life in itself, can be difficult at times. When when nobody has to do anything else, life, just life that brings life to you, can be difficult at times. We know that. We've talked about that before, and so life is filled a lot of times with burdens that uh, that we have to bear at times. We have to bear those things, and there there are moments, and there's there there may be times in our life that that we cause those burdens. But there's other times we don't cause those burdens. It just, it just happens. They're burdens, that we, they're burdens that we bear. So God's intention for the church is that we become a community where we bear one another's burdens. And when I was studying this and looking at this, I, I can't help but think back at our, at our connect groups and what we, at least my group anyway, what we've been involved in the last two weeks of how we, we have listened to one another and they've talked about their hurts. They've talked about their, their frustrations. They've talked about their past. They've just given us their story a little bit. And they've told us a little bit of, of, their, of their life where they don't normally go out and talk about. It's not something that they would automatically just go up to somebody and say, hey, let me, let me tell you what happened to me 10 years ago, whatever. But, but in, this, in this group, they've, they begin to share. And as they begin to share, you begin to see the, the wounds that that burden that they were carrying possibly at that time, whenever it was, you begin to see some of that wound that is still there. You begin to see some of the scars of life, if you will. You begin to see some of the, uh, some of the, some of the stress, if you will, of, of people carrying those burdens. And, and uh, Paul here in Galatians is trying to remind us that we, we've got we've to be a church, we've got to be a community of believers that begins to help one another and bear one another's burden, right? Now, I, I, you already know what, what I'm fixing to say to be true, but, but when you're under a load, 
and you feel like you can't make it anymore, when you feel like you can't bear the load anymore, there's moments that you just need somebody. They don't have to say anything. Don't have to say anything. But as long as you know that they're there and they're embracing you and they care about you and they're praying for you, that is a big help. I was listening to a pastor. Not, I'm not sure where this pastor is from, but I was, I was listening to him and his testimony today about uh, him and his wife was pastoring a church. And uh, matter of fact, I'm going to show this video down at the men's retreat if I can get it to work. But, but they were pastoring a church and they had a son that got involved in drugs early on in their life. And they were trying to struggle as a pastor, trying to help their son as well. He's, and he made this statement. He said, because we were aware that the church was looking at us and how we were going to handle, uh, handle this thing uh, about drugs. Because he said, you already know that pastors many times, they live in those glass houses. And so people will look to see how you're, what decisions that you're making on this. And we were struggling with the fact that our son was in drugs, number one. We were struggling with the fact of knowing what to do. We didn't know what to do. We've never been down. We've never experienced drugs before. And so it was a new experience for us. But at the same time, I'm trying to encourage the church week in and week out. And I'm trying to help other family members with their children and talk to them. And at, and at the same time, I've got the issue myself. And he said he's been, he was trying to handle that and juggle that. So then a year or two passed, and the church was very gracious, he said, uh, to me and my wife. But, but there was a, there was a, he was in, the, in a convenience store one day, and somebody come in and robbed the convenience store and shot him with the shotgun and killed their son. Now, he didn't say that if the son ever made it right. He didn't say if the son ever got better. He didn't say if the son ever gave his heart to the Lord or anything like that. And he said, I remember when the police came because of his past, because of, of his drug abuse, because of him being in and out of jail, because of all the stuff that he had went through, the police, some of the police knew him. And so when they came to our house, they presented us papers and all that. And he said, I remember them saying basically that, that your son is dead. Uh, he was shot with a shotgun. And, uh, and they just put the papers down and there was no compassion there. They, because they knew this boy. They knew the trouble that he was in. And he, and he said he took it. He said, they may not have meant it that way. But I just took it that they, it's, it's like for them that, that they didn't have to worry about this problem anymore. That's, that's the way he took it. He said, I, I felt our life draining from us. I felt our life that was just, that, that left us. And he said, we went for several months not knowing, you know, how, how to deal with this. What, what are you going to do with this? And he said, I remember a day, a Sunday morning, I stood up in front of my church and I let my church know. I said, church, I'm not sure if I can be your pastor anymore. I'm not sure if I can handle this anymore. I'm not sure if I can give you what you need anymore. And I'm, I'm really considering stepping down. And he said when he said that, one by one in the church would begin to stand up and say, Pastor, we're not going to let you quit. We're going to pray with you. We're going uh, to support you. We're going to take some time off if you need to. And he said one by one. He said it really wasn't what they said. It was that I knew that they were with me. He said they were one, there was one woman that come, uh, come up to me after church and said, Pastor, whatever I have to do, I'm not going to allow you. I'm not going to allow you to step down from your call that God gave. And he said when she said that, it was almost like the Holy Spirit just took that burden from us and lifted the, the weight. And he said, he said it wasn't, again, what they said, but they would come over to the house day in and day out for months, and they would bring food. And he said they would just sit there staring at the wall with us. We don't, I want to see this picture. They sat there, didn't say nothing, but they just stared at the wall with us. And he said that probably brought us more comfort than anything they could have ever said. 
because he knew that his church, his flock, was with him no matter what. He was, they were strengthening him. They were, they, were, uh, they, were, they were embracing him. There are moments in our life that we go through those, those kinds of struggles. There are moments in our life that we feel like, we may not have had a child to be shot or whatever, but we have those struggles that it feels like the weight of the world is upon us and we don't know what to do anymore. We don't have a direction on what to do anymore. We don't, we don't have an idea of what, of what we need to do anymore because of all the things that we feel and all the things that we experience. I want to look here in verse number 1 in, in this chapter 6. Paul gave us a command here. He gave us an instruction here concerning the responsibility to help other believers who are stuck in sin. He says that we are to come alongside of the sinning brother or sister. We are to help them, restore them to a, in, in the spirit of gentleness, not in the spirit of I told you so. Us church folk, we're good at that. But that's not what he said. We are to restore them in the spirit of gentleness. We're to restore them. And then in verse 2, he tells us, he was, I, I command you, you need to bear one another's burdens. You need to bear one another's burden. The fact that the command here in verse 2 follows the command of verse 1, it tells us that this is one form, not the only form, but it's one form of burden bearing that we bear with one another. Helping another believer, helping another believer uh, overcome this burden of, a, of, of whatever. Maybe it's a, a, sinful, a sinful behavior. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's something else. But, but you're overcoming, uh, helping them overcome this thing to bear their burden. And Paul is not, is not implying that that's the only way, but he is giving us an example here. That's one way that we can bear one another's burdens. Burdens that we talk about, that, we, that we're to help carry, include all kinds of difficulties that people face. The word that is used here in Scripture is a, is, is a general word that, that literally means it's just a heavy weight. It's just a heavy weight, something that is, that is very heavy to carry. It was referred to back then as a burden. That's why a lot of times you hear in the Scripture, you talk about uh, the, the beast of burden that they use, the donkeys and, and all the beast of burden that, they, that the, those animals use to carry the heavy packs and all of those kind of things. But the most literal meaning of this word is simply this, to pick up something and carry it away. To pick up something. Now, we know this burden here is a heavy weight. But then when you look at it and you're reminded that, that also what it means, I've got to pick this up and I've got to carry it away. You may not be able to carry it by yourself, but with help, you can carry it. With somebody come alongside of you, you're able to carry the weight. And so Paul here is, is teaching us, and he's reaching out to a brother or a sister that's, that's in their time of difficulty and help them in any way that we can as the body of Christ. Help them in any way that we can. A few days ago, I was with someone, and I, actually I was talking with someone. And uh, when I was talking to them, I, we was just, just generalizing talking. And I, and I left that person, and I went and got in my car, and I started down the road. And the Lord prompted me, said, you missed what you were supposed to do. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you missed what I, what I wanted you to do. I said, what, Lord, and, and what, what did you want me to do? He said, you missed embracing that person and letting them know that you care about them. Now, while I was talking to them, I knew some things about them. I knew some struggles that they were carrying. That's really one of the reasons why I stopped, just to shake hands, ask them how they were doing, and just talk a little. That's, that's one of the reasons. But it really wasn't what I said. Are you, are you following me? It's what I should have done by embracing and, and letting them know, I, I don't know what you're going through. 
I can't, I, I can't imagine how you're feeling, but I want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you. You understand that there's moments in our life that's really all that somebody needs. That's really all somebody needs is for them to know that somebody is, is helping them carry that weight, carrying that weight off, all right? And so when you look in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 and, 1 and 5, if you were paying close attention, you may have noticed something that appears to be a contradiction. Verse 2, it says, I want you to carry each other's burden. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. You'll fulfill the law of Christ. In verse 5, it says, for you also are to carry your own load. Sort of sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? So which is it? Should we bear one another's burdens or should we not bear one another's burdens? What we can't see here in this English language is the fact that these two verses here are using, the are using two different words for the word bear. Everybody say bear. The word in verse 2 refers to heavy weights or a crushing load or more than a man could carry without the help of somebody else. And when you move down to verse number 5, it is used to designate the pack usually that, that a, uh, uh, you get this picture in mind, a pack that a soldier usually carries. That weight, that burden that he packs up and he, and he puts it on his shoulders and he has to march off to battle. You know what I'm talking about. You get, this, you get this in your mind. And so it's the burden Jesus assigns to his followers. Every one of us, when we, when we, when we give our heart to the Lord, we begin to carry the burden of Christ. Now let me explain that a little bit. We carry his gospel, right? We carry his word and it's good news. I'm not saying it's, it's a bad news. It's good news. But there are moments when I share my good news with somebody and I get rejected and I get rejected and I get rejected, sometimes it begins to be a burden. Sometimes those things, those kindness, those, those, those kindness, the things that I try to do when they're turned, to, turned away, it begins to be a burden for me. And then the enemy starts using it and I'm thinking, well, why? What's the use? I might as well just give up and quit. We've all have been there. We've all have been there. Matter of fact, let me just confess something to you. I know I'm your pastor, but just two weeks ago, just two weeks ago, I, I was upset. I was aggravated at some things. And I just made this statement. I said, I think I'm just going to quit. Have you, ever, have you ever said that before? Now, I knew I wasn't going to. But there was something within us, that burden that we carry, we, did you, we, had, we felt like, or at least we felt like you had to say that, right? And Karen said, you know good and well you ain't going to quit. You know, there's always somebody that's going to help you out a little bit. That's what our wife is for. They are our helpmate. But we all have been there before, but, but that's what Paul was talking about here. And so there's certain Christian responsibilities or burdens that every believer's got to bear which cannot be shared with others. I've got my burden. You've got your burden that you're going to carry as well. And thankfully, the Lord assured his disciples that such burdens, he said, those burdens are light. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He told us that in Matthew 11. So the final thing we need to look at here about this command is that it comes with a promised result. A promised result. If you and I are faithfully carrying the burden of one another, then we are fulfilling the law of Christ. That's what he's commanded us to do. If we're carrying that burden, we're fulfilling the law of Christ. So what is that law? When you look in Scripture, you'll find that the law of Christ is the law of love. It's the law of love. He's commanded us to love one another, has he not? We're supposed to love one another, no matter what. We're supposed to love one another. No matter if, if, if he gets on your nerves or she gets on your nerves, we're supposed to love one another. Doesn't matter if we can get along or not get along. Our job to fulfill the law of Christ is simply to love one another. Well, Pastor, you don't know what they've done to me. 
Doesn't matter. I'm still supposed to fulfill the law of Christ. I may not be able to talk to them as a close friend. I may not be able to hang around them as a close friend. But in reality, I'm supposed to love them. Right? Because I don't want to send nobody to hell. You don't want to send nobody to hell. So if I'm, if I'm fulfilling the law of Christ, I'm also fulfilling the law of love. And this law of Christ is simply to love one another and see one another through the eyes of Christ. Love one another just like Jesus loved one another. Jesus said this in John 13 and 34. He said, a new, command, a new commandment I give unto you. He said, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. It's a new command. You've got to love one another. Jesus also said in John 15 and 12, My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. In Galatians 5, 14, Paul says the entire law is summed up in a single command. Everybody say just one command. And that is to love your neighbor as yourself. Does it mean they've got to be a certain color? No. Does it mean they've got to be of certain ethnicity? However you say that. <laughs> no. I'm supposed to love one another. Now, I know our culture and our world doesn't say that. Matter of fact, our political season don't even say that. But that's not what the Word of God said. We're supposed to love one another. That's the command that God has given us. So bearing the burdens of others is a genuine expression of love, and it will fulfill everything that God wants us to be and everything God wants to do. And I can promise you this, if we'll, if we'll obey that right there, God will work everything else out. He'll work everything else out. Now, you say, well, if that's the case, Pastor, then how in the world do I apply that? What's, how, how, how do we do that? Look here. Christians have, have burdens to bear. We just got through talking about there is a common and a popular idea among, among us Christians and churches that says that Christians are exempt from difficulties. Some folks say that Christians, if you're a Christian, you're exempt from troubles. Some say that Christians, if you're, if you're a Christian, you're exempt from a burden. But how many knows that ain't true? I'm just curious tonight. How many Christians we got in the house? Let me see your hands. All right, put your hands back down. How many of you Christians, so-called Christians, that raised your hand. How many of you ever had a burden? Oh, okay. <laughs> so we know then from Scripture that's inaccurate of, of, that, of that kind of thought process here. And so the Bible the Bible's clear about the fact that you and I will have and face adversity. Matter of fact, you know, matter of fact, the Bible says in the last days, we know that, right? Perilous times is going to come. These things is going is to take place. We know that we're going to be living in perilous times. James 1 and 2 says, consider it pure joy. This is, a, this is an interesting scripture here. Consider it pure joy, my brother. Now, when you think of the word joy, somebody talk to me tonight. What, a, what do you think? What's, what's going on in your life? Happiness. Somebody else talk to me. Joy, happiness, peace, exuberance, jumping up and down. Celebration. There's a lot of things that we can talk about, adjectives we can give concerning joy. But the Bible says, consider pure joy, brothers, whenever you face trials, various trials, or one translation says trials of many kinds. <laughs> consider it joy. Well, I, man, I just got to be honest with you. 
Sometimes when I'm going through a trial, it ain't joy I'm experiencing. It's not, it's not joy that I, that I really feel. Right? It's not joy that we feel. And it says here, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And so we know, we know from Scripture that, that even people of great faith had their share of suffering. We can, we can look at, we can go back and, and talk about old brother Job, and we can talk about Paul, and we can talk about a lot of, a lot of the, 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 the Bible guys and, and ladies as well. They had sufferings in their life. They had, they had dealings in their life. Paul had to deal with some things in his life. And so for you and I as, as God's people today in 2016, we too are going to have burdens that we have to carry. And our burdens will vary with, with all kinds of intensity, all of those kind of things. But all of us have burdens of one kind or another that will occur at one time or another. I like the story of a, of a woman who had lost her son and could not get over, get over the grief of losing her son. And so she went to see this, this old wise man and asked him, to, uh, ask him what, what, what do I need to do here? I cannot, I cannot get over this. And so he said, I want you to go out. I want you to find a home. Go out and search. Go out and search diligently. I want you to go and find a home that has, that has no sorrow, that has no grief, and bring back a mustard seed from that home, and he would restore her son to her. And so she went out. She, that, was her, that was her job. That was her role. She went out. She threw herself into the search for many days, and then after many days, she returned to this old wise man, and when she approached the wise man, she simply says, I have been so selfish in my grief. She says, in my search, I've discovered that sorrow is very common in every house. And that's the truth. Sorrow is very common in every home. You know, we look around today, even tonight in our, in our services, and we look around our congregation, we understand that every one of us has burdens. There's heartache in every person's life. And, 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 and all, we all have problems that carries a weight that, bur that, that bears down upon us. And so some of the burdens that, that, that we carry sometimes, there's burdens of sorrow, there's burdens of grief, there's burdens of sickness, there's burdens of age. You say, Pastor, you ain't getting any better. I, I don't know if I can leave encouraged tonight. Just stay hanging in just a little bit. There's burdens of emotional difficulties. There's, there's emotional scars of the past. There's there burdens of marriages that doesn't work and burdens of children with special needs or rebellious spirits and burdens of unemployment and burdens of underemployment and burdens with no employment. There's burdens of consequences, of lawlessness, of things going on in our land today, of crime and all of these things. And that's just a few of the burdens that we have to carry sometimes. I promise you, if I was to let you and allow you to stand up tonight, every one of you would have a burden. You say, I, I'm, I'm carrying this. It may be a, what you consider maybe a light burden or a heavy burden or whatever, but every one of us has burdens. And we know that God wants us to help people with burdens. So the question is, how do we do that? How do we do that? Once, once we have a heart, once we sell out to God, once our heart is where it needs to be, and we have this heart that's willing to help carry the burdens of others, then, then there's a couple of things that, that's required to bear one another's burdens, as the Scripture says. First thing is this. We've got to know first that a, that a brother or sister has a burden in the first place. Again, I go back to these connect groups that we've talking about. When they started sharing some of the things that they began to share, I said, wow, I didn't know that about you. I can pray for you a little better now because of what I know. Burdens that they were carrying. Struggles that they were going through. Hurts that they were experiencing that they, they didn't tell anybody. Things that they were dealing with that nobody knew about. They just, 
They kept it to themselves. So first thing, we've got to know that somebody has a burden. Second thing is this. The person with the burden has to be willing to allow that person to help them. They have to be willing. And sometimes that's difficult. That's hard. Now, ladies are better than this than men, but us men, we're bad at it. I mean, we're bad. It's true. We're bad because we're men. We can handle this all by ourselves. I got this thing. You remember Brother, du you remember Brother Dwayne and, and Dad, old Brother McFarland, down at the campground when he was at the campground, he had this one famous saying. He was, a, he was Sister McFarland's dishwasher. And you'd go talk to him, he'd, he'd make this statement. He said, oh, I can handle this job all by myself. I can do this job all by myself. And we laughed about it, we'd pick at it. And when you look at that from a burden standpoint, that's really what us guys sometimes we think. We, we're men, we're tough, we're strong, we're supposed to handle this thing. The truth about it is there's a lot of things us guys can't handle. We can't handle. We need help. And so we've got we've to allow that person to help us. And so coming to realize that somebody's got a burden requires an active, everybody say active, an active involvement in one another's life. Do you understand that every Sunday or every Sunday evening or every Wednesday night or whenever we come together for revival, there's people that's sitting on the same pew that you do that's struggling and you don't have a clue what they're going through. I have a clue what they're going through. It's amazing to me when you start getting somebody and letting them open up to you what things that you'll find out. You don't know. And so if we're not sensitive enough, if we're not observant enough or interested enough, then we will not even notice that somebody that is struggling right alongside of us. If we're not spending enough time with one another, then we won't have the opportunity to know and be close enough to those others to know exactly what their burden is that they are carrying. And every one of these things requires time. Every one of these things requires effort to develop those relationships of, of real community, those, those relationships of real connectivity to one another. And I'm not telling, I'm not saying that we have to, we have to just open up our life and say everything. I do believe there's some things people don't need to know. I hope you understand that, and I hope you don't cross that fine line there. But there's other areas of your life that you can get some help, that people can help you and, and help carry the load for you and all of these things. But it requires time. It requires efforts for one another. It requires effort. And so once we, we've got that idea that, 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 you're, that you're helping carry the burden, then that person also has that idea of allowing them, then you know, there, that, that happens, and we're sensitive to those things. But we've, we've got to understand not to allow pride, not to allow nothing to get in the way of that, especially us guys. Don't let the pride get in the way of, of, of allowing somebody else to, to do that. Now, I'm preaching to myself tonight. I may not, you may not be getting nothing else, but I'm, I, because that's what, I, that's what I do. Sister Ruth, I think it was one time years ago, I was, I was walking through some heavy stuff. There was just only a few people that knew about it. And this went on for months. And finally... Sister Ruth found out about it. She scolded me, got on to me. Why didn't you tell somebody? She's like a mama, you know. Why didn't you tell somebody? We could have prayed for you. She was right. But at the time, I didn't want to tell nobody. Why didn't you share that with somebody? We could have come alongside and, and held your hand or laid hands on you or we could have helped you some way or another. Not at the time, I didn't want to tell you. You know, we've all been there. But that's what we're talking about here. Pride, pride get, got in the way. We feel, we feel like we need to do it on our own because we're too embarrassed. We don't want to share, we, whatever the case may be. Or we feel like our faith in God alone should be enough. We should just depend on God and, 
and no one else. You know, Paul, that strong missionary man that he was, he even had to have some help sometimes. He had to have some help. You've heard me tell this before, and I love this, you know, when, when Paul and Mark got into it, and, and Paul sent him away. I don't know what, the, I don't know what that conflict was. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. But whatever it was, it, 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 it made Paul mad. I mean, they, they were ministering together. They were, they were serving together. And, and he, he sent him away. And, and later on in Scripture, you, he, you know, you, you see Paul talking to Barbara. and say, hey, when you come, bring, bring old Mark. Bring John Mark with you. He's profitable for the kingdom. He'd somehow or another, he'd forgiven the old boy and he'd get forgiveness or whatever. You just bring it. He's, he's profitable for the kingdom. I love that story of reconciliation there. And, that, and we, have to, we have to get that to that place at some times. Uh, you know, we, we feel like that our faith should be enough, but, but there's moments that we just simply need help. We just simply need help. Doesn't the Bible say something like that, that we should cast our cares on the Lord? Doesn't it say something like that? Yeah, Psalms 55 and 22 says, cast your cares on the Lord. And he will sustain you. He'll never let the righteous be shaken. First Peter 5 and 7 says, Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. And so we should take, the, take our troubles to God no matter what they may be. We should, we should trust in the Lord that would, that would give us the grace and give us the strength that you and I need each and every day just simply to make it, just simply to endure. Thank God that every now and then I'll get a phone call or get a text and say, Pastor, just want to let you know I'm praying for you. And that does me good. Every now and then, I'll send a text to somebody, hey, just want to let you know I'm thinking about you today. I'm thinking about you. Just want to let you know that I'm praying for you. That's, that's, that's wonderful that when we can do that with somebody. That's wonderful that we can bear one another's burdens. That's wonderful that we, could, that we can uphold one another. And that may be all that they need on that particular day. But we've also got to recognize the fact that God often uses other people as his agents to help carry the burden as well. That's what, that's what Paul happened in his own life. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, for when we came to Macedonia, he said, our, our, this body of ours had no rest at all, he said. L listen to what he said. But we were harassed at every turn. We had conflicts on the outside. We had fears from within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Now, not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, and your, your concern for me so that my joy was greater than ever. When old Titus showed up, boy, it was like a, a breath of fresh air to Apostle Paul. And it helped him. Isn't that amazing? God knew, I mean, our Paul knew that God comforted him through that brother Titus. And ultimately, you and I, we really are God's eyes and ears and tongues and hands to help others along the way. They, they, they come every day if we, if we really... If we really see and our, our, and our eyes can be open, they, they're there every day of people that we can minister to, people we can bless. So we've got to be sure as God's people, we've got to be sure that we're cultivating those relationships that are close enough that we can share the burdens and know one another's burdens. And, and then we'll allow the love uh, that each other, uh, we, we, we've got to let love from one another to help to those from our love to them to help those who are burdened we've got to be humble enough to be willing to help them in whatever area that we can help them with now there may be times that we can't help them with anything other than just letting them know hey we're there you know what I'm talking about but God has blessed many of us God has blessed you so you can be a blessing to somebody else that's why God blesses you that's why God blesses you now some of you may be too old in here to, to understand what I'm fixing to say how many of you have watched that weird strange movie called Lord of the Rings anybody ever watched that Lord of the Rings. 
I, I don't think I've ever saw all the movie, the, the trilogies all the way through, but I've caught bits and pieces of it enough to know some of these, these characters here. But when you, when you look at that movie and you understand the characters in that movie or the camaraderie of those characters in that movie, there's a guy by the name of Frodo, which is a weird name anyway. Had with his, he, had, he had with his friends that camaraderie of friendship to help him carry this mission of this ring that he was, this evil ring that he was carrying around, and he had a place to go that he had to get rid of this ring. And so this journey that they, that they were on, it was a long journey. It was a hard journey and all kinds of, of conflict throughout this journey. And in the end, when you, when you look at the, the ends of this movie, the, there's, the, there's this guy Frodo and his friend Sam that stuck with him when they, you know, they, he didn't die or all those kind of things, but old Sam stuck with him. And, and they, were, they were at their physical limit. They were at their emotional limit. And they climbed that mountain toward that cave entrance which would lead, would lead to the place that Frodo has got, to, has got to drop that ring. And it got to the place where Frodo could not take another step. He couldn't, he couldn't even stand, according to the movie here. And all of Sam's encouraging words were no longer, it didn't help. He, he couldn't listen to it. It didn't help him anymore because Frodo didn't have nothing else to give. He was, he was depleted. He was, he was exhausted. And since he was the only one, now think, don't you think about this, since he was the only one who could carry the ring because its mysterious power to tempt and overwhelm, there was only one thing that was left to do. And Sam says, I may not be able to carry the ring. This is the point I want to make to you, but I can carry you. There are moments in our life that we can't go another step. We just got to have somebody to help carry us. We got to have somebody that will help pick us up and carry us and motivate us to move to move forward, to move forward. True story here. In 2002, July 25th, there was nine coal miners. Many of you probably remember this on the news in uh, in Pennsylvania. After after 9 p.m., the miners were drilling near this abandoned mine, and and when they said 50 million gallons of water uh, was released into this shaft, and they cut up cut them off from the surface of getting out. In a desperate race for time, more than, they said more than 200 uh, rescuers were trying to get these guys out. And the men were trapped here in this small chamber, just over 4 feet tall and 18 feet wide, in 55 degrees water that was released into that, into that shaft. And they said the, demi- the miners decided early on that they were either going to live or they were going to die as a group. No one person is going to get out. They're either going to live as a group or they're going to die as a group. And so they were all rescued as a group some 77 hours later, three days later. This is, this is what happened. The 55-degree water threatened to kill them, they said, it because of, 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 the, of the temperature. But slowly, you know, it's one by one, they, they, they began to get hypothermia and all these things was taking place. And they said, this is what we decided. When one got cold, all the other eight would huddle around that one and warm them up, warm them up. And then when the other one got cold, they would all huddle around the other person. There was a miner by the name of Harry Mayhew that told reporters after that, he said, everybody had strong moments, but any certain time, maybe one guy got down and, they had to, and, they had, and the rest had to pull together. And then that guy would get back up and maybe somebody else would feel a little weaker. But he said it was a team effort. That's the only way it could have been, he said, in order to get us. That's the only way we existed. That's the only way we, we, we encouraged one another to fight and to stay alive. That's how the body of Christ even is supposed to be to come alongside of one another. So how can we bear one another's burdens? Well, we should never pass up an opportunity to pray for somebody. Never pass that opportunity. We've got to always offer a listening ear. Maybe sometimes we've got to offer a shoulder that we can, that can cry on. We've got to communicate positive words, encouraging words to people. 
We've got to look for simple ways or practical ways to help. We've got to visit those who are shut in sometimes in the, in, at homes or shut in in the hospital. We've got to ask if there's anything that we can do. You know what, you know what, the, uh, you know what the church is, uh, uh, how, how do you say that? The church is, uh, this is what we do badly. Let me put it that way. And I may, be, I may be hitting where you are. We are good, I feel like anyway, if when somebody passes away, a loved one, of rallying around that person of, of the, that's still living, supporting them. What we're not good at is afterwards. Myself included. We're not good afterwards. But you understand, that's, that's when they need the help. That's when they need the encouragement. And I promise you this, when God puts somebody on your mind, don't, don't just think that you're thinking about that. You need to call that person. You need to get a hold of that person. Because it could be that God is speaking to you. You may have an encouraging word to say to that person that, you, that they need to hear. They need to be lifted up. And you need to, you need to get a hold of that person.